0: Let's lock in. This is
2: Unrivaled. Yes.
0: The teams you live for. The sports you love. With Scott Mitchell and Alex Keering. Presented by G2G Bars. On 97.5D KSL
2: Sports Zone. So, so, so. Hey, sports fans. It is Unrivaled 97.5D KSL Sports Zone. I am Scott Mitchell. He is. Jake Hatch, producer of DK PJ, DK DK PJ. PJ. I like that. That's a better name. Yeah, it's a better name. DK PJ. I can dig that. Yeah. Anyways, yeah, I did that on purpose. uh, By the way, that's okay. Yeah. Anyways, uh, so uh, Jake is filling in for Alex Curie, who is away on special assignment. His CIA uh, part-time job is Mm -hmm. uh, is called him away. Anyways, our show is brought to you by G2G Bars with all natural ingredients, no preservatives, and plenty of protein. G2G bars are perfect for anyone who needs a quick, tasty, and nutritious boost. Um <laughs> okay. So you're the RSL pre half and post. Host
0: uh, slash analyst, you're, yeah. You're
2: the host slash analyst. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just have a quick question because we got Mitch Harper on the phone and um and and maybe we can have mitch chime in here mm-hmm. um but um so the the rsl won two to one they did yeah so can you like give me a correlation to real sports like what <laughs> what does that score actually mean is that a blowout is that like a close game is that a nail biter is that just a you know is a good solid win? It's a good what, solid win. That's what, it, yeah. Uh, two to one. So what's a blowout? Like, what does the score have to be to be a blowout?
0: Three nothing, four nothing. That's a blowout. Three three to four yeah. to nothing.
2: Okay, mm-hmm. all right. Hey, uh, Mitch Harper of uh, KSL Sports is joining us. That's going to be the cut. There, 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 there
1: we go. The other
2: question.
0: <laughs> Undeniable, unrivaled, <laughs> top sports story of the hour. Here's what
2: made the cut. Ain't like it. All right, uh, boy. There's a lot going on at BYU this week. Uh, spring football is less than a week away. Uh, you've got the NFL, NFL Combine with they got some big name players from BYU at that. There's the West Coast Men's Basketball Tournament uh, happening this weekend, of course. Where is BYU and all that? Joining us, uh, KSL Insider and host of Cougar Sports Saturday, Mitch Harper. Mitch, how are you? How's it going?
1: Doing great. Uh, yeah, I, I, I would not have known much on the soccer front. I was getting okay. a little bit nervous when you said, uh, <laughs> I thought if you're going to bring up aggregate, then I'm not. going gonna, gonna to struggle. But uh, uh, no, no, that's I'm, I'm always happy to be on with you guys.
2: I'm slowly becoming a fan of relegation.
0: Ah, okay. i i think yeah, i think relegation yeah,
2: like has a place in all of sports and i think even sports talk shows should have relegation as well uh so so maybe we could work on let's get with our bosses and talk about things like that even hosts like if you're not if you're not bringing it as a how you get relegated right mm-hmm. yeah yeah
1: the doggy dog world meritocracy yeah
2: so so i'll get relegated it'll be me and uh pk okay at the very end of the day like <laughs> when it's like, from 9 to 10 at night. That would be a fun yeah.
0: show. I mean, actually, I'm not gonna, actually I'm not I wouldn't mind
2: line. that. Wouldn't mind. All right. So, I'm going to let you pick, Mitch. What topic do you want to talk about first uh, with with what's going on at BYU? What's just, like, the thing that's just got you salivating about BYU?
1: Uh, spring football. Uh, oh, spring football yeah. You know, spring football to me is is – Got me really excited because there's so much new uh, to this BYU football team beyond just the conference affiliation. Uh, you, the personnel up and down the board, uh, you know, it's just so many new faces have to emerge and and provide a lift to this BYU team. So many questions, and spring ball will be the the first example of that. And I think it's going to be kind of interesting on Monday when you know BYU's you know going through a practice and they're. Now a Big 12 team, it's just got a different vibe. It's got a different, uh, uh, you know, intensity, I think, to the whole setting. And I think that, you know, spring ball is going to be really interesting to see how, how it all develops.
0: Okay, Mitch. So, obviously, you're going to be breaking Keaton Slovis in for the first time officially. Obviously, he's been in the program for the last couple of months working out with his teammates. But uh, what do you think and or expect from him as BYU's QB1 this spring?
1: I expect him to be uh, incredibly accurate. I think he's got to be uh, just top-notch I, I, to the point where I don't want to see any sort of in, incompletions, low, low, low passes. Everything's got to be pinpoint accuracy, top-notch. I mean, he's finally fully healthy, and I think there should be uh, some credit given to him on, on that. And last year at Pitt, he was dealing with injuries and had the coordinator change and wide receiver leagues for USC and Jordan Addison, but – At the same time, I mean, you can't, over three, the last three years, he has regressed every season, so this can be a big spring for him to just hit it out of the park and look brilliant. I mean, that's what he needs to be as a fifth-year guy who's got 38 starts under his belt. That's what he needs to be for BYU, so uh, high expectations, honestly, for Slovis. I don't think you can, you know, look at it in the same way as Jaron Hall two years ago or Zach Wilson in 2018. It has to be he steps in and he looks brilliant. And I think that's got to be the expectation. I think that's what BYU is expecting from him too. When they viewed him as the number one target on their transfer portal board as a quarterback, they Uh get him because of of that, of that thought of his connection to Isaac Rex. He knew Zach Wilson and, and and Jaron Hall. So there's a lot of familiarity with this offense. So he feels he can step in and, and be a guy and be someone that, you know, one year from now we're talking about at the NFL combine as well. So, uh, Keaton Slovis has to look, I think, you know, just outstanding uh, in a setting where he's not going to get hit and there's going to be no pressure.
2: You know, um, if Arod is smart, Kalani is smart, they will bring in Keaton Slovis because you were you're talking about all these changes and it's so hard to get a new offense, a new offensive coordinator, understanding, getting a feel for the players you're going to be around. It's all it's really hard, and it's it's it, what's hard about it is you can't play like instinctively intuitively and so you it it it's hard to really get the very best out of you you need time in a system or if your coach is smart they'll they'll get with the player and cuz what happens is they they just install their offense and they go just run it figure it out but the smart coaches will go what do you like and what do you do well and let's just focus on that because it'll be enough i'm telling it'll be more than enough people aren't going to know who BYU is they're not going to have any kind of a feel for who who Keaton Slovis is, you know. When they get into the Big Twelve, and uh, you know, and 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 by the time maybe people figure it out, they'll be able to expand on what he's doing, and then they can because it's just to me, making sure that guy has success and has confidence and believes in what he's doing, and he's comfortable with the guys that he's playing with. That that's what I would do at BYU. And I'd figure it out at spring, and and I everyone dropped their ego at the door and just you know. Hey, we're you know, you gotta learn our offense. It's like, no, let's just let's just what let's figure out what you do well and let's let's mas- master that
1: uh, I, I think that's a good point though, Scott, because it, and I think that Slovis is kind of a, a little bit of a – you you wonder if he's a little bit of, of a damaged goods, if you will. And I know that you know he's a person and everything, but like if you you wonder if the confidence is there. And I think everything that he's doing thus far uh to kind of insert himself as a leader of this team. This BYU offense lacks a leader in my opinion. There's no clear cut guy. Maybe it's Connor Pay. Uh but I think it needs to be Keaton Slovis. And with his name, I mean he's got he's got name cachet in college football. People around the country know who he is. And I think if he can be the leader of this team, I think that could serve him well. And I think also too, I think when transfers come in to BYU Uh, to insert themselves maybe as a BYU guy and embrace everything that's unique about BYU. And I think Keenan Slovis so far is kind of doing a nice job of that. And and what I mean is, you know, you think about in basketball, Alex Barcelo a few years ago, he he never dreamed of being a BYU player, uh, but he embraced all the uniqueness of BYU. And he leaves after three years and he became kind of a BYU guy. And no one realized he had a time at Arizona. You know, Keenan Slovis can really uh, end his college career on a high note because I think BYU is a place in a offense that can that can get him back on track and be an NFL draft prospect again. And I think that part of that though is embracing everything about BYU and I think that he understood that this is his last chance to shine in this stage. And I think he's doing everything to this point to kind of be that leader and to embrace the uniqueness of BYU and and I just think that so far, it feels like there's a good vibe around him. But now it's, you know, come spring, you want to see that pinpoint accuracy, though. And I, I think that's one of the big things. Even though the personnel will be new, the ball placement and all of that, that needs to be on point in a practice setting where he's not getting hit.
2: All he's got to do is eat, eat the cougar tail. The, he'll, he'll, he'll fit in <laughs> True. just fine. chocolate cougar tail yeah, over the just, weekend was uh, pretty good. Yeah. Wow. That...
0: I'm Dave Colley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold.
2: You mentioned like it's different now. Like this is this is a new this is uncharted territory for BYU a new a new playground. Uh, I'm sure for all Cougar sports nation this has just got to be so exciting. What is different? You, you mentioned you mentioned it, but what what are they doing different? What is uh, you know do they do they dress better? Now do they? Do, do, I don't know. Just what? What's what's the excitement, and what has it done to the program in general with with going to the Big Twelve and knowing that it's right now?
1: Well, I, I think that they just know how to. They they know now what they're they're pursuing. You know, I, I think you know Jake and I. We've we've seen this thing up close every year and and every every season up close, and it's just like there's always the you know what are they playing for the, the <laughs> jumping out early out of the gates first three weeks you better be on point because you got three power fives out of the shoot that's not the case anymore and I just think that there's new there's a newfound like appreciation for the journey the process instead of being like hey you gotta be 10 11 wins and be in the new year sixth hunt and whereas this year it's like there's low expectations and I think that works for Slovis I think it works for Kalani Sataki and this in this staff with a new defensive crew uh, it works that expectations are low, and I think BYU fans realize the challenges that are there. I don't think anyone thinks that BYU should just be completely outclassed every week. Now, that's a different conversation if they're just getting humiliated every week, but to be competitive and the, the pursuit of getting to a bowl game and taking step-by-step uh, you know, progress year after year, I think that's kind of what brings so much energy and excitement is that it's no longer of, you got to deliver this magical season and chase kind of ghosts because there's always that thought that maybe you could get to the New Year Six as an independent, but there was no path, there was no, uh, you know, official tie in to doing that. It was always just the hope and pray that, you know, if you go 11 and one, 12 and L, maybe some reward will be down there at the end. And now you know that if you do have a magical season, it's not going to probably happen this year. But that's just, I think, brought so much new energy to the program. And then you get guys. You know, like today, a 2024 tight end recruit announces that he's going to take a visit to BYU during their spring game and also announced he's going to take visits to Auburn and Texas. That just wasn't happening a few years ago. And I think Big 12 affiliation, and I think the fact that a program like TCU gets to the national title, it's got this just energy in the Big 12 right now and BYU where they feel like they can become something they haven't in a long, long time. And, And I think that just appreciation of the process brings that new energy and excitement that they just haven't experienced in a long time.
0: Now, to live that dream, Mitch, obviously they've got the defense playing at a higher level. They brought in Jay Hill, revamped that entire defensive coaching staff. How much do you think Jay can really get done this spring? Can he get the entire defense implemented? What do you think he can get done during
1: spring ball? I think we're going to leave out a spring ball in mid-April and say the defensive line the most improved group in the program. Okay. Uh, you know, Tyler Batty is going to be – uh, kind of a leader that this group is going to be looked upon. I think the entire defense is going to kind of follow his lead. And then I, a guy that I'm really excited to watch for in spring is outside edge player Isaiah Moa. I mean, I put in KSLSports.com. I think he could be the most improved player in the BYU football program this year. He had a great bowl practices and was really trending up. I mean, because last year he was a red shirt, didn't really make much inroads. And that was a little bit worrisome. when You're thinking, OK, this defense is really bad. And this guy's not making any sort of dent in the depth chart, but bold practices he really thrived. And when Jay Hill kind of got his hands on him, Kelly Popinga, and they were seeing a little bit of him in practice. There's a lot to work with. I think he's going to take a lot of strides in spring ball. He's a former four-star recruit. I think him also, Michael Daly, moves over to the outside edge spot, and then Brody Spoonover at defensive end, a former uh, American Fork High standout who had offers in Nebraska, UCLA, Utah. He picked BYU out of high school. Those are four guys that really the, the Big 12 you know markets don't know anything about. Maybe Tyler Batty a little bit, uh, but I think those guys will be key difference makers. And I think at the end of spring, we're going to say this defense aligns a little bit better, and they have the potential to surprise. And then the interior, you add Jackson Cravens, Nisa Mahe comes back. Uh, I think there's some, there's some things to work with, and I think the coaching uh, leveled up with, with getting Kelly Papinga and Sione Puja on the interior. The linebackers are going to be a big question. I'm really curious to see, you know, if if it forces them to kind of go to a 4-2-5 scheme, have five defensive backs. I got to think that they're going to still, you know, try to get a DB after spring ball concludes or two. Uh, But, you know, linebackers are a little bit thin. When you don't have Ben Bywater and Max Tooley, it does open up opportunities for young guys to create depth. But uh, I think I'm really kind of uh, intrigued by the defensive line, and I think they're going to take a lot of leaps forward. Uh, in springball, I think that's going to be a real area where I, I kind of focus on and see that growth because I, I have kind of big expectations to see them take a leap forward.
2: Well, it's a great point and a, and a smart move if you're BYU because there's there's one way that you can be competitive in the Big Twelve in football quickly, and that's up front. Uh, you can recruit athletes that that can can hold their own uh, in the conference uh, on a regular basis, and that that was. That was the um, you know, the whole model, the Kyle Whittingham start of his his whole defense and 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 Jay Hill understands that and you know Kalani understands that and 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 it feels like they got away from that, you know, the the last few years at BYU. but uh, on on the offensive line, you know they went back to a model that uh, of the type of player that they were recruiting. you know we were talking about Blake Freeland and, and the type of athlete that he was. And how he was an lineman, but he was moved to that position, and and that you can you can recruit and do well, and then then it ge- then it keeps you competitive, you know, and that and I think uh, you're not going to get blown off the ball, you're not going to get blown out of the water, and then you start building those other pieces in the in the uh, skill position places, and uh, you you can you know you can compete and you, you and be respectable and and have a chance uh, when you, I, when you do that.
1: I, I think I agree with that, and I think that this BYU team's got to be complimentary football. And I, I think that, you know, it can't be all on Keaton Slovis' shoulders. I mean, he had, at some point, he's going to have to win some ball games for BYU. But uh, I, I think it's going to, you know, there, there's a chance this could be, you know, both sides of the ball are, are playing complimentary ball. And, and that, you know, there's, I think that this is going to be a team that uh, can be competitive and can be a tough out uh, in, in a week in and week out in the Big 12. And, and I do believe that, you know, BYU's, road and independence has better prepared them uh, for, you know, power five games. But I always kind of look at that as with a little bit of a caveat because I feel like there were so many times with the exception of last year with BYU having a national ranking early in the season, uh, you know, BYU would go into a lot of power five venues and there just wasn't much energy in the building. There there wasn't, it was just like, okay, uh, you know, they roll into Michigan and Michigan fans are like, why are we playing BYU? Uh, you know, it's just there, there wasn't much juice to it. And now when you add a conference tie into to it, there's going to be more intensity. The fans are going to be more uh, engaged in that. and, and that, So that's a little bit different level. And I think there will be a new appreciation from the opposition. Like, hey, this is a conference foe. We know who they are after a few years under the belt. So I, I just feel like that's a little bit different because I think everyone points to that and says, well, they've played so many Power 5 teams. They play kind of a Power 5 schedule. But still, I think it, there's a little bit of some nuance. I feel like it's a little bit different. I think that's what makes this slate so much more challenging. Is just that you're going to go in November and like last year, you play a November game against Stanford. You think that's that's a big game. Well, there, there was no energy to that. David Shaw was ready to hang it up, and the fans were a no-show. And it's just it, it's different when you're in a league and BYU's got to kind of recalibrate the expectations and just kind of the. The, the ebbs and flows that come with that. I mean, they just haven't done this in 13 years. It's been a long time since BYU has navigated a conference. Getting all conference accolades will be a great thing for players. I mean, there's just there's a lot more intensity behind it. And I think Kelly Papinga has said it best throughout this offseason just how much more everything matters more when you're in a league. And, you know, I think everyone tried to polish it a bit the last decade plus, but. Now that you got Power Five affiliation, you go. Yeah, that that was pretty tough being an independent team, and now this is a, a much better deal. This was always the goal for them, and and now they're here, and let's see how they do.
2: Hey, Mitch, um, really quick before we let you go, um, what what do you feel about the uh, West Coast Conference basketball tournament? And where, where where BYU is, and what what kind of what, what what can you expect from them in in the tournament?
1: I feel confident they'll get to Saturday night. I, I think they'll play LMU. Um, You know, that's a toss-up game. It's a 50-50 proposition. I I predict that BYU gets to the semifinal Monday night. Uh, I think it was huge how the bracket played out for BYU, avoiding Pepperdine, avoiding San Francisco, avoiding Santa Clara, uh, and avoiding Gonzaga potentially to a championship game if BYU could somehow get there. Uh, I think they get to the semifinals, and I think if they get to the semifinals and play St. Mary's tough, that probably earns them an NIT bid or at least puts them on the fringe because right now – uh BYU's probably CBI bound if they took that sort of thing uh so you know they got some work to do if they want to keep playing in the postseason and go to the NIT at least so uh, but I think you know the bracket kind of shaped up well for BYU fans to maybe think this team could make a run you got to hope that Rudy Williams plays like a star you know Mark Pope has talked about seniors can do magic things and well, some magic's got to be pulled out by Rudy Williams, which was not the person you would have thought they would be turning to when the season began. But he's really bought into being kind of a complete guard for this BYU team and you know the coaching, and he could have went sideways with this. But he's really embraced his role, and I think that it's working out for him. And, and uh, he's got to have some big games, and I think BYU's got to shoot the three well. Defensively, BYU's been a pretty good team this year, and I think they can rest their hat on that but uh they got to find a way to get hot on that court in orleans and and uh knock down a knock down some threes consistently yeah. if they can then maybe they can make a run but uh you know i, I think they can get to monday night semifinals before ultimately losing to saint mary's in my opinion
2: hey mitch uh it's always a pleasure to talk with you thank you for joining us and it, it's just really exciting to think about now it's like hey BYU's in the big 12 and it's uh it's official official so mm-hmm. this is this is pretty darn cool. Anyways, thanks, Mitch. You bet, guys. Take care. All right. That's Mitch Harper, uh, KSL Sports, BYU Insider, host of uh, Cougar Sports Saturday. That's uh, on from uh, noon to 3. So Correct, yeah. Listen to Jake. Jump over to Mitch and, you know, have a great sports Saturday. Uh, we're going to take a break here, but before we do, can we give away tickets? Do you mind, Jeremy, to allow us to do that? All right. Hey, it's uh, Win Ticket Tuesday. Be caller number 12, 801-575-ZONE. Win a pair of tickets to the Jazz versus the Celtics on March 18th. You want that one? Caller 12. It's unrivaled. 97.5 DKSL Sports Zone. Uh We're going to talk. Uh, what are we going to talk about when we come back? Oh, apparently the Jazz are going off the air. Uh, we'll talk about it.
0: I'm Dave Colley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985,